Welcome to the GovComs podcast, bringing you the latest insights and innovations from experts and thought leaders around the globe in government communication. Now, here is your host, David Pembroke. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to GovComs, the podcast that examines the practice of content communication in government and the public sector. My name's David Pembroke, and joining me today is a very special guest, not quite into the GovComs space, as many of us are, but someone who will bring real insight and wisdom about the practice of content communication and how, in fact, we can use it in government in order to achieve the objectives of the elected governments of the day who we work with. His name is Todd Wheatland, and I'll just tell you a bit of a story. A number of years ago, I was at Content Marketing World. I think it was the, the second Content Marketing World in Cleveland. Anyway, it was a morning session. I remember it clearly. And here was this sort of young, good-looking... I couldn't quite work out whether he was Australian or he wasn't Australian. But anyway, he told this very compelling story. It was a great content story, but it was a fable of some sort. I can't quite remember what it was now. But I remember thinking, great presentation, beautifully put together, compelling, room full of people, and he really landed it. And I thought, oh, maybe he is an Australian guy after all. And that's as it happened to be. He exactly was. But at the time, he was running content marketing for Kelly Services, and he was running it out of Paris, and it was a global organization, and he was doing big things. Anyway, he's gone on to become one of the superstars, one of the the, the pantheon of heroes, the A-listers in the content marketing world. You know, he's written a book with Joe Chernov on SlideShare. He's renowned for his presentations. People just go to have a look at his decks because he does them so beautifully. He is a keynote speaker, pretty much um, everywhere around the world in content marketing, particularly at Content Marketing World. And guess what? He joins me in the studio here in Canberra. I'm so delighted that he's here. Todd Wheatland, thanks very much for joining us on GovComs. Best intro ever. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> so listen, let's let's go back. How did you, what is your journey into, into content? What was it? You know, is it a fairly typical sort of a pathway that many people take either through marketing or through journalism or just what is the the Todd Wheatland story? Yes well um uh that's a I wasn't predicting that one but let me let me lead with it I was always into writing yep loved, loved my writing as a kid won a few young writer awards sort of things wrote a bit for the uh, the monthly if you remember that yes magazine. I do remember the monthly the, yes. sorry the independent monthly oh, the independent monthly yes the, the uh so I, I did a bit with them in my in my youth, um, and then moved um, moved overseas for a while on exchange. Came back, did commerce, hated it, but I passed. <laughs> um, ended up working with the Australian government overseas for a while. Came back, started working, and then was really just burnt out already. You know, at, at a very young age, at the traditional corporate sort of role. Went back to uni. And was that a marketing role? It was a marketing role okay, yeah, yeah. back in Australia. Mm-hmm. So I worked for the Australian government in Spain for a couple of years mm-hmm. in 92. And then I um, came back and you know, I guess was a bit sort of uh, socialist of mind and a bit a bit disturbed by capitalism at the time. Went back, so studied um, communications. Yep. So went back to uni, did comms degree, came back out and uh, uh, started making documentaries with the ABC. And then realised that you can't make money making documentaries for anyone, <laughs> and sold my soul and started uh, working in in marketing proper. Yep. Uh, moved around a bit. Ended up with Kelly in Paris, as you know, for eight years. Okay. And during that time, that's when it really, I guess, started to. I saw a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of the storytelling sort of. You know, we love that word, right? But a lot of that that 
the desire to look behind the scenes to really find some authenticity to find a bit of a a hook in there and what is what's what does it actually mean to connect with an energy mm. and i think a lot of that you know desire to you know i'm really into photography i'm really into docos i'm really into writing um that sort of stuff is um i've found a, i i found a, a place for that sort of creativity mm. in a corporate guise and that mm. for me was the joy of what we now call content marketing when it really started taking off say 10 years ago okay so Kelly's, I reckon, for particularly for government comms audience, because Kelly is a you know vast multinational organisation in the recruitment and services businesses, largely. I think it's Michigan based, isn't it? I think that's where it comes it from. It is. Yep. Anyway, but it's big. It, it's it's old. It moves slowly, so it's got a lot of characteristics the same as government. How were you able to get people to understand that content? could be used to solve business problems. Because at the end of the day, that's what leadership cares about. They care yeah. about solving problems. How did you do that? I think the, um, the I, I was faced with a particular reality at Kelly, right? So I, I, we Kelly was all those things you just mentioned, um, a bit of a, uh, you know, not in the most glamorous high high margin business um, for, in terms of where it was really strong and large. And uh, such a it's it's a difficult thing to think you know uh, in fact I've been having this conversation today with someone it's if you look at the totality of a situation sometimes it's so overwhelming you just can't think of where you know every everything you think of doing seems like oh it's not going to be possible because of X Y Z so there's a lot of reasons why something will never work and there's a lot of people who'll tell you a lot of reasons why it won't work or we've done it before and it didn't work. Oh, and the legacy in, in those big companies and the, the you know the the history of how many people have been there a long time etc of course right so the the i think the the window of opportunity that opened for us was we were launching a new consulting division and that was like a spin-off. Uh, so it was like, pilot. okay, uh, it was, exactly. So the more, and, and this has been, I guess, my approach whenever I've worked with organizations around, and, and I'm sure it's yours too, whenever you work with organizations around anything that smells like change management or doing something different or something that's going to threaten someone's turf, it's how can you, how can you bring people, how can you reduce the, the resistance um, or the hackles or the threats to someone's turf? by helping the, you know position as a pilot as something well we're not going to treat this in the same way as everything else don't everyone get excited about this we're just going to do this as a pilot and that word actually i think is very has a certain salve value to it that allows you to um, get a bit more get your elbows out and sort of try something yeah. a bit different without going through the same process it's funny though i had a funny line from someone the other day who's you know obviously everyone's onto this you know this trick about oh no it's just a pilot and someone said to me the other day that in their particular government departments they had more pilots than Qantas <laughs> <laughs> it's not no, a bad line it. is it it's nice and everyone's it's nice. like oh no it's just a pilot don't worry about it nothing to see here just let us get back <laughs> so but then okay so we get the pilots how did you make it work yep. in a big organization again a you know siloed organization people thinking ah this isn't going to work this is just a yeah so again folly. the key key thing to any again change management or something you want to do is is executive buy-in right so it's getting that sponsor in this case it was the the ceo um of of the of the organization who went okay i i'm going to give you the latitude to go you know to go off brand to um go outside the normal channels to um, you've, and and in this particular case, we were the the mothership brand had certain characteristics of um, positioning, 
And the brand we were trying to create was really going up to head to head against, you know, McKinsey's against uh, big consulting firms. And we didn't have anything like the budget. I mean, the, the example I would love to use would be, um, you know, Accenture at the time spending 20 million bucks a year on Tiger Woods just for just for his him plus media, right? So, and I think our operating marketing budget for the first year was probably 200 grand. Yeah. Um, and so the, 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 the realities of trying to tell any sort of story in a traditional marketing way, mm. you were going to get burnt. You know, you're just going to throw your money out straight away. Yeah. So we... Um, we were sort of forced to it in a way, you know, retrospectively, you sort of go, well, what options did you have? You either did a whole bunch of things in a tiny way that weren't going to have any impact at all, or you could leverage the one thing we actually did have, which was smart people. We had really, really um, smart people within the business and if we could get their knowledge out of them and share it with the world, we would totally transform the way people thought about our organisation. And so that was the key, you know, unlocking that little insight um, and finding the the pathway to actually executing on that and and getting that story out there. That that that's what that's where everything started to happen. And okay. So yeah. tell me tell me a story. Tell tell me a story about a, a a success of where you were able to do that and how you were able to do that well. Okay. And how you solved a business problem because that's what I'm interested in. That's what I'm obsessed about. Is that how do we use this stuff to actually do stuff that people care about? So let, let, I'll, I will tell you a story because um, we are storytellers. Dave. <laughs> I'll tell you a story about, uh, and this is this is, uh, this is this is a multifaceted story. This is a story about. We've got plenty of time. Don't worry, it's my <laughs> podcast. I can do what I like. I will. Um, you can, you're going to edit me out altogether. No. I wouldn't even be in this podcast. It would just be a monologue. We've got... Um, I do we, those, but not today. We had a series of e-books that, that uh, I did with a particular um, CEO of, of one, one, a division of, of one of our businesses. And what were they companies. about? Leadership. Right. Uh, very... Uh, that doesn't sound very niche. That sounds like I can read that anyway. exactly. So, and this is this is but this is this is this shows you the power of, um, this tells you the power of publishing, and the limitations of attribution, um, which isn't. In fact, neither of those uh, what you asked me about. But I'm going to tell you this bloody story now. I've started good <laughs> because the whilst it seemingly was quite and I had a lot of resistance to actually doing this and let's call it a vanity project this was an, a vanity project for oh. a particular senior leader okay um, which previously would have just been you know in, in another in a previous environment would have just been like okay let's just get that done and get it get it out with yeah. but instead we we approached this in a new way we thought okay how can we this is there's multiple parts to this story how can we invest time in really packaging this up in an, in, in a beautiful format? How can we blend it with some research, and how can we um, put a um, you know an organic at that time? Organic was a, a very different different thing to achieve yeah. than it is now. Yeah. How can we um, how can we promote this in a way that's going to get it in front of the right people? Mm -hmm. And um, so extend the yeah. This is just me spouting about leadership because I'm a leader. And actually turn it into something that can actually drive um, an opportunity for the business. Okay. Now we would do all the wonderful, you know, analytics that, that you we still do, which is in, around you know views, downloads, blah blah blah, uh, page views, downloads, uh, attributions, all this stuff. Um, this this um, we published on SlideShare, which was a big platform at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and one of these eBooks 
we subsequently found out was downloaded um, by a business journal in um, in Bulgaria, who translated it fully, and we only found out about this because he embedded the original SlideShare player in his website. So we, we managed to identify that he'd actually done this. That um, that um, presentation was subsequently used um, by a senior um, oil and gas executive at a conference in Norway. That um, and he quoted he quoted my um, my then boss at the time on that document. He on, on that presentation. That then ended up being um, pitched, uh, discussed at an internal company meeting um, in Canada, and six months later we signed a deal with that company in Texas. Okay, now fantastic was a massive deal, massive hit. We only found out about that six months after the fact by accident, just through a casual conversation when we were talking to someone from this company. Mm. Right? So we had no idea to the limitations of attribution, and and we we've been so careful to measure every single bit of the impact that this thing was having. Right, we were measuring our tweets and our little LinkedIn likes and all this crap, <laughs> which had you know which which no one really cares about within the business because yeah. you just but it's you know the only thing you could tell really about the impact. Whereas the real story was was something much you, larger. How were you? able to track it back how are you able to sort of go back through the bulk you know well we knew, we knew the bulgarian thing had happened you know, you're in okay we, you knew we, that. we knew the bulgarian thing had happened we knew because we we could see that the the player had been embedded on this page we uh, we backtracked all of the rest through the client right, right. who said it was you know okay was this meeting in Alaska? Oh, okay that's that's because pete went to this conference in norway and he saw this guy presenting oh, about whatever right. whatever so, so we had told you the, the client the told us the, the okay. reveal nice um, but so, fantastic story. Yeah. But it, to me, it really highlights the you know one of the severe limitations of all you know you can you can put all this effort into anything you want, right? But the large, the true impact of a lot of what you're doing will never get measured, and yeah. you'll never be aware of what's actually going on. But the impact is there. So that that raises a couple of things. Uh, well, actually, let's stay on that example for a moment because I you know I love that play or the tactic of interesting content. Times media equals exposure. So it, it's a play that we often use mm-hmm. is, you know, let's create something that we think's got some interest, that seems got some value, pitch it to the media, get it out, get it moving. So we're away from our own platforms, but we then set it free. Do you like that play? Do I like the play? Do you like creating content and then using the media to try to get that distribution happening, to get the movement happening? Uh, I'll, go, I'll go back a little bit. I, I don't think the play's changed at all. Right. Since the late, you know, so, so the late 90s, I was, um, I became a huge fan of research and creating original, like, uh, you know, quarterly indexes, annual indexes. And, you know, again, it's a, it, it was what we would call now a pure content marketing play. Yep. But the, um, before we called it content marketing, then we would call it, you know, it, it was basically a PR push, right? Because mm-hmm. we would say, okay, this is a this is a story and we want to get this out. We want to get this in, you know, we want to go mainstream with this particular story in this particular niche, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it was um, what's, what shocks me about the whole thing because, it, you know, on, on a day-to-day or a month-by-month basis, it seems everything seems to be moving so quickly and this is all so different and all so new and, and it feels like, it's fundamentally changed, but absolutely, what what is so shocking is is the core of what we are doing is yeah. absolutely true to what, the way it's always been. And I think that this dynamic between, you know, what what do we what do we know and what do we believe? What are what are the people we're trying to influence um, know and what do they believe? And 
how how we can influence that mechanism of change, changing their behavior or changing their mindset. Mm-hmm. The channels to do so, yeah, we'll have different tactics and, and execution layers that'll that'll you know wither and die over time. However, the the fundamental mechanism of this is you know, we have it. We create an asset. We we create a, a mechanism through which to influence their decision and the, the and getting in front of the media, um, whether that's our own or an external one, is 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 the fundamental way to achieve that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I'm totally totally passionate about the model. And what about attribution? What about this notion of I can't put my hand on my heart to be able to say actually what that impact is because I just I simply don't know. Um, how do you overcome that problem where people say, oh, I want to know what the return on investment is and I want it in a little box about this big and I want it by 9 o'clock on Monday and I want it with a degree of certainty of you know 90% or something like that? It, it's simply not possible. Is that your view? I think it's – no, I, look, uh, the way I, 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 I talk about this, um, this challenge is you know, Newtonian physics works until it doesn't. Right. right. It's so. It's it's like it, it, we're trying to describe the world using Newtonian physics. So for the vast majority of what we're trying to do, it gives you a pretty strong correlation yes. association with what you're trying to describe. But it's far from the whole story, and we don't even know what the whole story is. Much like you know, again, like how to trying to trying to blend these different versions of. of uh, it's like a, a square trying to measure a circle, right? Mm-hmm. We do. We just we're getting closer and closer and closer to the truth, but we're never. Um, I don't think we're ever going to get there, and, and of course we can't until we, we map all of our brains into into one connected mm. system. So I think, um, you know, I, I, I was working in Ascentia. I understand the model. I understand the value, and I, it's it's a highly valuable um, um, understanding the way a story flows and 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 creates. And it's another reason why I love research, especially replicable research, because mm. you're coming back every month, quarter, um, year. Then you can do a lot of experimentation with what um, what levers to pull to get the story out, to get you know the, the media's liking that's actually having impact with the end user, the end client. Um, but uh, I guess I, I I I my my gut my my tendency is to overmeasure. So I, a lot of people say just get the you know the core metrics you want to measure and stuff. My tendency is measure everything because mm-hmm. you never know at what point you're going to want to dive back into that and and, and especially in this era of people actually finally making sense of how to use data, mm. um, then I think that that's going to become increasingly valuable to go, to be able to go back and look at things in ways that we haven't done before to actually try to ascertain. So then. Understanding that and probably going back to that essence around you were talking before that, you know, the basic principles of this is what we know and believe and we want to transmit what we know and believe in order to drive attitude, behaviour, whatever it is, you know, particularly in government, it is about often about behaviour change, mm-hmm. uh, the way that we go about things. But do you, would you agree that it's, it really has to start from that purest point that Often you're just not going to know what's going to move the needle. Often, you know, context influences things or maybe what you're saying is not right for the right time. But what, where you are on your safest ground is where you are working on what you know and understand and being consistent over time mm-hmm. about what it is that you need to communicate specifically to the audience that you're seeking to engage with and really just go go from there. You know, mm-hmm. start with that and then... Hopefully the metrics will give you some encouragement on the way to help you to learn and understand what the audience is looking for. But if you start from that position of, you know, this is what I want people to know and understand, that you're really not going to go too far wrong because you're coming from that place of, you know, emotion and passion and and, and truth. 
Yeah, a, a really well well phrased question. I think there's a I see it as a there's a continuum between us and our audiences, right? There's a and most people, you know, the, mm. in the uh, the tendency I think, especially for larger organisations, is to really spend a lot of time focusing on the audience. Yeah, uh, which totally totally valid and a very important thing to do. Um, it's difficult for an organisation to have that same level of, um, in, uh, of focus on themselves, and under, and that and that and, and as a result, it's it's difficult for an organisation to understand how to be authentic, how to be transparent, how to um, how to portray itself in a way that can potentially be um, engaged with or, or uh, you know get a warmer um, en- engagement level or uh, association with from from an organisation from from an audience perspective. So I think the um, you know the yes measure trying to trying to um, apply those metrics about what's working with the with the audience is absolutely that that's that's fundamental right because you understand is is what I'm doing working is it getting anywhere blah 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 uh, and there's many ways both you know, online and offline you can try to do that um, I do I do like what's possible now with trying to track the, the you know the the origin and the the impact of a story and and, and you know across channels that's that's a really interesting dynamic that's only really come possible in the last couple of years I think to in the depth we're getting now. But um, just as you said, being true to yourself because ultimately it's, it's backing yourself and understanding what is it we mean to this audience, what is it where, you know, what's the role, what is the, what is the message we're trying to get through that will hopefully sway them and is applying the consistency. Yeah. That, and that's the thing that most, again, that people um, – uh, especially, I think probably more in the corporate sector than in the, the public sector, people drift away from this this consistency of messaging, right? And they think, oh well, no, we've got to be, um, we've got to get more engagement in our social media feeds. Therefore, we we start they start to wander away from this true this thing of consistency because they're rewarding the the person who's running their social media feeds for engagement. And to get more engagement, then you have got to get more outrageous or more uh, more you know more. Um, banal or more you know more pictures please or funny gifts you know the, yeah. just in the, because you're chasing the sort of these these metrics that you're being rewarded for yeah. um whereas it and so the consistency of actually being true and actually having a strategy around that mm. that's enunciated and documented and and everyone who's in that that mix who's in this communications roles is clear about this is what we are and what we represent and this is why this is meaningful for our audience. Mm. That's the work that needs – and you know this more than I do. Well, I mean, the, 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 but it's patience and often patience is difficult, you know, the quarterly numbers, the, you know, the pressure, the, you know, the minister's office calling, you know, what's happening, are we moving something? And it's try, it, it is hard for people to say – I think we're right, you know, can we hold firm? Because it's going to take a little bit more time because in this crazy, fractured, busy world, trying to earn a share of someone's time and attention to be, is becoming harder and harder and harder and harder. Yep. You know, like everyone's in this game now. And, and even the media intensity. I heard an interview the other day, just a few days ago about, and I'm going to get the the, the, um, the program name wrong, but the, you know, this... Um, this medical records database. Um, oh, yeah, the, my health record. My health yep. record. Yep. Um, I heard. I heard so, uh, 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 an interviewer on um, uh, on the radio um, just hammering whoever is, was was responsible for um, rolling out the, the actual pr- promotion of this or the the opportunity to opt out, and really, really hammering you know hammering the decision to um, spend the advertising money on or the promotion money 
on the medical um, profession rather than just on billboards, sides of buses, um, you know, TV, radio ads, right? So even the, you know, if, if you've got the media questioning aggressively, um, challenging the marketing approach yeah. of, of uh, you know, a government organisation who's out there just trying to just trying to get the word out to, to let people know. It's not like they weren't spending the money they had earmarked. They were just questioning what's their marketing mix essentially yeah, right. in public. So, yeah, I think I, I, it's, I feel for people who are trying to, Get that done because the questions aren't just coming um, from within; they're, they're coming. There's pu- very everywhere. public scrutiny from everywhere. Well, it, it is. It's a, it's a big part of public sector communication, and, mm. and really, it is public money. And I think you've got to, you know, put on a bit of a, you know, Teflon suit when yep. you do work in this part because, yeah, often. It is hard to keep people happy. But listen, how about... But that's we, uh, also, Dave, that's not waiting six months, 12 months, no. two years down the track to yeah. see what the impact of what you did happen. No. That's the week you're launching, <laughs> yeah. right? Well, someone's got... Yeah, but and, and the way these things generally works is out it comes, the flamethrowers come out, the minister's office jumps, ah, you know, what's going on? You know, they go troppo, and then all of a sudden everyone runs around in ever-decreasing circles trying to put the fire out. And thinking, oh my, well, you know, by the time they sit down, it's the, you know, the imp- well, anyway. That, that's a, that, that's that's quite an actually interesting case study around content, and and we can come to that to another time. But take me take me into the where you see things going over the next I don't know three to five years, because my sense of it is is and the point you raised there before is that you know the basics are the basics are the basics, and they're not going to change. And I think the sort of a lot of the perhaps innovation has started to slow a little and yes technology artificial intelligence machine learning all of that's coming but you know the basic principles aren't changing are they you know and it's really it's about just getting better at it and understanding these things like the basic principle of consistency i think i've learned that over the last little while let's just be consistent mm. let's just do that you know and if we do that that that'll that'll work well now, but it'll also work well in five years' time. So, what's your view on how things are changing? And I, I suppose I asked that question in the context that the annual jamboree of the content marketing world is gathering in September in Cleveland, where the world comes together to discuss what's new, what's great, what's working. So, what's your view on on what's what will be discussed in Cleveland? Look, and I don't know whether it's also a thing of age. Dave, um, where where you know you've seen a few cycles, right? And yeah. and you start to go, well, you, you know, the you you your focus becomes you you become less and less distracted by those temporal tactics, if you yes. like, and you start to see these these truisms that that have stayed constant through that time. Yeah, and I and and I think you have also observed the, um, you observe. Your own behaviour as a consumer, as a as a voter, as a as a member of the community, in you know you you kind of want to have a, a touchstone sort of value. You know, what is that wall? What you know? What does Dave stand for? What does this thing represent? So that consistency thing, in terms of how it plays out, I think has. I think there is a maturity that's happened in social media, for example. You know, social media is what twenty years old. Um, 97, no, 10, 15 years old at most for say LinkedIn. It's um, you know, 10 years old essentially for for the core, you know, the core era we know now. So I think there's, you know, th- there's been this, you know, many cycles of that that growth or the penetration or the change of what social media means. But I, I think there's also been an, a, a maturity or an acceptance within organisations that social media. Um, 
yes, it can wander off brand, and yes, it can, um, especially in some types of organisations, the, the tolerance is uh, allows some industries the tolerance, especially for targeting millennials, is is quite high um, outside of brand. But there's also a, a recognition that the that commitment to a consistent position has to flow through all these channels, right? It's not mm. like, well, the social guys are off doing that. Who yeah. knows what the hell they're up to? But they, you know, they're getting crazy likes, and that's that's awesome, right? Um, what you know, that's gone viral. Remember that term, you know? The whole, <laughs> thankfully, no one talks about that so much anymore. But it's you know, there, there's there's still um, there, there's a recognition. I think, I hope that there's uh, it's just as important to be true to who you are, and that that mm. message is. Um, plays out well with you know with an audience who yeah it may not be that they they they're, they're touching hearing from you in um, you know every month but that that one touch once a year okay three times this month but not again for two years that they're gonna they understand what it is they're gonna get when they get there mm. um, and that's um, I think that so that so, so there's a very long way of saying I I hear what you you say about the these these meta trends or these long-term things, which are about um, st- storytelling. I hate saying the word. I, I feel bad. I'm trying to, re- I'm trying to resist saying it. Um, finding, um, finding a way to communicate with your audience in, in ways that treats them like individuals mm. and not like, um, not like, you know, part of the masses. And so this, you know, the 20 years ago, we used to talk about, you know, the, the vision of one-to-one marketing, right? It used to be a DM, a, you know, D, a direct mail sort of um, catch cry, but how can you get this targeted database-driven um, sort of framework to deliver a customized message to an individual? And, and ultimately, that's the way we've headed down with, with websites, with apps now. You know, we, 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 in my world where I'm working with organizations and we're deploying a lot of custom type, you know, websites that are really, really doing things that we always wish we could do, you know, even a few years ago that we couldn't. And now that's becoming relatively mainstream in terms of the way you, you, you really can be speaking to someone. Um, it's not even from an exploitative sense. It's, it's, it's giving them, it's, it's really giving them a, a, something that is, is what they want. And to mm. me, con- this whole con- concept of content marketing at its purest is about delivering something that is, is of high value to, to someone without the direct expectation of a, of a financial or other return in mm. the immediate term. Yes. And that's the so and and that's the consistency, right? That mm. the, if you can if you can deliver that consistency and build this tolerance where we understand who you are, then within a certain framework, then you can actually ask. Um, you you have a great a great degree yeah, of latitude. There's, there's to notion do more. of giving before you get being in service, and it's it's true. It works. It, it and it's a and it's a nice way to go about your business as well. Is yep. to really think about your audience and really try to deliver value for them. And if something comes off the back of that, well, that's great. Yep. You know, if something doesn't happen, that's fine. Now, now, to your, and I haven't, so I'll jump back to your point, which I totally failed to answer. Um, but let me, let me summarize it quickly. I do feel, yes, I'm, look, I'm, I've always been a fan of data. Yep. I do feel um, that we are seeing things uh, with machine learning that are, are really, really interesting and will have a, are having and will have a, a far greater impact it's going to take much longer than the, the you know the the drum beaters would have us think, but I I think already you know the types of things I'm even on projects I'm directly related to, with, are uh, you know doing things that that uh, I would have even dreamed of a couple of years ago, mm. and that uh, I can only imagine when true AI kicks in, then yeah. that's going to be a big part of it. Now, 
that's um, that's not necessarily the content you know, content marketing um, world we we've come from, but in terms of the overall mission of it's built on audience understanding and it's it's taking um, assets and and put packaging them in ways that are delivering ever increasing value to that audience. Mm. Then actually, it is still very fundamental to to the, the mission of the content marketing. It's, it's just just maybe taking people out of the the role in a different way. Yeah. Now, just before we go, because we've got a um, couple of minutes left, but I, I I did mention content marketing world, and I love the content marketing world. Always have was lucky enough to go to the first one and I wasn't able to go last year and I'm not sure I'm going to be able to go this year for a number of reasons. But what I do like to do every year for my audience is to encourage them to go, Mm. is to just go, you know, get yourself sorted out, get over there, dive in and have a great time. Because not only is Cleveland a great city, it's full of wonderful people, but the world gathers in in a genuine way. So why or give me your pitch for why people should get themselves over there and, and get learning and get involved in content marketing world because it starts I think September 4th yep, that so week. it's early September so we've got still got plenty of time to do your planning but why should people be going look much like you Dave I've been to all of them except one um, and I you know I've, I've spoken at all of them that, that I've been at it's been to me it's the single event that I try to get to each year it is, and and so so why would that be? Uh, obviously, there's, it's the combination, it's the intersection of, you know, journalism, of marketing, of filmmaking, of um, technology, technology, of AI, of you know what what have you. It really is where, where this this fabric connects in a way that. Um, uh, and it's of the scale now where you have well, you, you, you have um, a lot of people from myriad industries there. And for me, that's the, that's the stimulating thing. So you, no, it's not just a, a straight, you know, um, a straight uh, public sector event, right? But in fact, for innovation, for leveraging, you know, the, the, for, for stimulating your mind creatively in ways that you cannot predict um, the the sheer expanse of sessions that are available is a huge number of concurrent sessions that are available, where you can really curate your own experience around you know exposing yourself to a huge range of different experiences. Of course, you can catch other content you know um, streamed and things at the same time. But the um, I think it's that sheer melting pot of people in very different yep. roles yep. from very different industries, very different. Depths of experience, you know, there's, there's, there'll be novice people there, there'll be people who've been, you know, who have been doing it for 20, 30, 40 years and still, still think it's basically the same thing. Um, and there's, but the, it's this passion around people that, you know, there's, there's this, um, you know, I guess tuning fork of boom, here's, here's what we're all here. We're all, we're all ultimately really excited about something yeah. to do with this space, right? So <laughs> apart from the social thing, and I'm a big, I love events anyway, because the face-to-face piece allows you to, well, you yeah. and I met there, right? So Indeed. Indeed. You, you can form lifelong friendships and you yeah. can, you can really, um, uh, get a lot out of that that physical interaction. Typically, not even just from the sessions. Personally, I like I spend a lot of my time not even in sessions, just networking and bumping into people and finding out well, why you're here, what's up to it. So it's a it's a very collegial, friendly group of people. Mm. And if you're looking to um, 
greatly expand your uh, capabilities in this world of, uh, of communication and, and content marketing, then I can think of no better place to do yeah, it. Indeed. And it is, it is indeed a fantastic city. Yeah. And you come back with a bag full of ideas and yep. just getting out from behind the desk and going somewhere else and just, as I say, diving into this experience that um, the, the team at the Content Marketing Institute have put together, it's, it is just one of the great opportunities. So please do yourself a favour and get organised and get over there, make the case to your boss and it doesn't cost that much really in the greater scheme of things. Um it is a fair way from Australia. It's, it's, there is that. It's, it's a big flight. But anyway, that's quite lots of movies and you can do all sorts of things. You feel like you're on a bit of a holiday until you get there and then it's, you still feel like you're on a holiday when you bet to get there. But you're in like a theme park of, you know, of content, you know. And as, and as Todd says, there's so many wonderful people there who you can just bump into and everyone has a great time. So please get yourselves organised and get over there. So, Todd, thank you very much for coming. Dave, in. thanks for having me. Uh, love it. And I know to the audience... This is the thing, you know, it's about insight, it's about understanding, and there's so much that we can take out of what just Todd, this conversation we've got today. You know, those two or three things that we can take away and think about it, you know, just one of them early, you know, how many times have people told us on this podcast, get the CEO buy-in, get that happening, because it's so fundamentally important. And Todd's experience of, you know, the basics are the basics are the basics. And let's 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 take this gift of technology that helps us to, you know, to be perhaps more effective and more efficient, but let's not forget who we are and let's not forget the basics. So anyway, audience, thank you so much for coming back once again. I will be back at the same time next week, but for the moment, it's bye for now. You've been listening to the GovComs podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and subscribe to stay up to date with our latest episodes.